This is Rams Up, your favorite LA Rams podcast. You can also follow us on YouTube. Our YouTube handle is at LA Rams Up. Hey, we're not insiders here. We're just Rams fans that love talking about our LA Rams. I'm your host, Mark. Let's get to it. Welcome back, Ram fans. Mark from Rams Up here, episode 235. The primary content of this episode is our week two power rankings, as shared on the YouTube channel early Wednesday morning. Sharing it here on the podcast as well. We'll have our 49er preview, our game picks, and some other good stuff coming up between now and that Sunday afternoon football game with our good friends from up north. Get through some notes here before we get to our power rankings. The Rams added Brett Maurer to the active roster, apparently done playing around with this idea of elevating him from the practice squad every week, or at least for three weeks. That is the limit after all. And speaking of Brett Maurer, I have a mea culpa for you. I really screwed up in my last podcast. I was talking about Brett Maurer, his field goals, and his kickoffs. And then it came to my attention, he didn't even perform the kickoffs. That was Ethan Evans. Bad on me. I did not even catch that. Just shows how close attention I paid to kickoffs. Really not that much. But as my special assistant said, it should have been obvious seeing Hulk out there kicking off for the Rams. And again, I blew it. Guilty as charged. That said, someone asked on the YouTube channel, why is he kicking off? Why is Ethan Evans kicking off? Well, he's got the stronger leg at this point probably than Brett Maurer. He handled kickoffs in college, and I forecast that this might be the case when the Rams had Christopher Dunn and Tanner Brown in camp that Ethan Evans has the stronger leg and could handle kickoff duties because neither of these guys really had the potential to kick the ball out of the back of the end zone on a regular basis. So shouldn't be too surprised, but nothing against Brett Maurer. Ethan Evans is our kickoff guy apparently for now. But interestingly, the Rams have signed punter Brandon Wright to the practice squad. That's kind of odd to have an extra punter on the practice squad. He's out of Georgia State. This is actually his second stint with the Rams. He was signed by the Rams to a reserve contract in January of 2021, but was released in August of that year, most recently with the Memphis Showboats. They actually released him so that he could go ahead and sign with the Rams practice squad. They also signed tight end Miller Forrestall, 25-year-old, out of Alabama, 6'5", 246. He has been with the Titans, Browns, and Saints. I think the Browns are the only team that ever had him on an active roster, though. Hey, a little bit on Tutu Atwell. My special assistant has been sharing some videos with me that others have shared on Twitter and other places. The Rams stole something from the Dolphins' bag of tricks, the way they used Tyreek Hill, that big, long, circular pattern that Tutu ran on that big catch that was right out of the Dolphins' Tyreek Hill playbook. And a lot of people are hypothesizing that more of that is to come Lots of video out there of how the Dolphins are freeing up Tyreek Hill, putting him in motion over and over and over again. Don't be surprised if the Rams go to that tactic against the 49ers and beyond. That's really exciting. 
the possibilities are unlimited. Before we get to the power rankings, I wanted to review our draft picks. After one game, what can we say about our draft picks, our 14 draft picks? Well, I have three A's, four B's, one bordering on an A, one C, and six incomplete. Not a bad first report card for less need, considering that some of those incompletes could very well turn into A's and B's. Let's go from the first pick all the way to the last pick. Steve Avila, the second round draft pick, the guard, solid A. He played very well, especially in pass blocking. Just a seamless transition to the NFL level. We have a winner in Steve Avila. Byron Young, round three pick. I'm giving him a B plus at this point, and he's the one that could very well turn into an A, even an A+. Plus. Like I said before, and as Paul Wally pointed out, there are some things he needs to work on, but man, he looks the part. I'm really happy with what I've seen so far, but I can't quite give him an A yet. Kobe Turner played in 50% of the Rams' defensive snaps, an additional four snaps on special teams. This is a third-round pick, defensive tackle. A lot of people said he was undersized. I'm giving him a B right now. And that could very well end up being an A as well. He just needs a little bit more time trying to be reserved here in my grades. I think that's a fair grade for Kobe Turner. The lowest grade I can give right now is Stetson Bennett, our fourth round pick. I'm giving him a C and I'm a little worried that this could be a grade that moves downward. Rams put him on the non-football injury list today, Wednesday, and keeping it close to the vest as they should. But his first appearance on the field in the preseason looked promising and then kind of took a few steps backwards over the last two games. Hey, and that happens with rookie quarterbacks. But I'm sorry, I can't feel really confident about his future at this point. I was hoping he would transition into that backup role really quick, but I don't think it's happening anytime soon which raises the question, was this a smart pick in the fourth round? And some of the guys that went right after him in the draft, including quarterback Aidan O'Connell, wide receiver Charlie Jones, outside linebacker Nick Herbig, K.J. Henry, good edge guy out of Clemson, and a big defensive tackle, Jacqueline Roy out of LSU. So hopefully Stetson Bennett turns it around. And I don't want to go too harsh on him, non-football injury, Something's going on, could be personal, so let's give them the benefit of the doubt. But right now, that's a C grade at best for Stetson Bennett. Nick Hampton, a fifth-round pick, 11 snaps on special teams last week. Give him a B, keeping in mind it's a fifth-round pick. He's contributing, he's on the roster. Still some upside there. Warren McClendon, fifth-round tackle slash guard, I guess. He was inactive, we'll give him an incomplete Davis Allen, another fifth-round pick. He played one snap on offense. Let's give him an incomplete. And then Puka Nakua, fifth-round wide receiver, solid A. Can we give him an A-plus? Well, let's wait a little bit on that. But the fact that he's a fifth-round pick makes you wonder, why did all these other guys go before him? But a lot of other teams are saying the same thing. Puka Nakua... Man, you know, I'm tempted to give him an A-plus, but I don't give out A-pluses unless your name's Aaron Donald. So Puka Nakua, a solid A. 
Trey Tomlinson, a sixth-round pick, played on 20 special team snaps, four snaps on defense for a sixth-round pick. That's a solid B. Good pick by the Rams. The next two guys are incomplete at this point. O'Shawn Mathis and Zach Evans, both six-round picks, outside linebacker and a running back. Mathis on injured reserve. Zach Evans was inactive. Ethan Evans, seventh-round pick. Now, I gave him an A. He only had one punt, but we've seen what he can do. But now I'm worried that Rams sign a punter to their practice squad. What's up with that? I'm not going to overthink it. Ethan Evans right now for a seventh round. Keep in mind, seventh round. People say never draft a kicker. I beg to differ. Ethan Evans was a wise pick in the seventh round. And the last two guys, Jason Taylor and Deshaun Johnson, both seventh round picks, safety and defensive linemen respectively, both incomplete. If these guys can stick to the roster and maybe even come back next year and stick to the roster again, they will eventually become C's or B's. You can get guys in the seventh round that contribute to your team. You are drafting really, really well. So next up, we'll get to my power rankings as shared on the YouTube channel early Wednesday. Back in a second with that. Let's get into our week two power rankings. How do my top 10 stack up after one week of the NFL season? Well, I got two teams that dropped out of my top 10. Probably saw this coming, the Steelers and the Chargers. They don't deserve it, that's for sure. They don't deserve being in the top 10, I mean. And we have two new entrants. I'll get to that in a second. And who are the three teams just outside the top 10 besides the Steelers and Chargers? Steelers probably dropped out of the top 15, actually. But the Jets, Jags, and Packers, all right there. Pags, the Jags, a team I'm really torn on. Um, I want to put them in the top 10, but I just can't find a team I want to bump out. But if I did, it might be my number 10 team, the 0-1 Cincinnati Bengals. Threw a dud at the Cleveland Browns, and my special assistant saw this coming. I was picking the Bengals in our game picks, and he talked me out of it. So we switched it to the Browns based on what happened between these two teams last year. And the Browns are even better. Deshaun Watson, um, you know, getting back to his old self maybe, and this defense is legit. Bengals a slow-starting team typically, so I'm not counting them out. But they host the Ravens. This is a big game for them. If they were to go 0-2, both losses in the very tough AFC North, that's not good. Not good for the Bengals' playoff prospects. It's early, I know, but you never want to start 0-2 in division. My number nine team, the Detroit Lions. That's right, the Detroit Lions and Jared Goff and Dan Campbell. They're 1-0 after upsetting the Chiefs. Jared Goff playing clean football. This defense has really improved. Dan Campbell, you know, when they hired him, I kind of rolled my eyes when I saw him making those speeches about how tough his team was going to be. That stuff typically works for a year or so in the NFL. It's been my experience, and it kind of wears on players and fans alike. But it continues to work in Detroit. That's a a tough football team. And uh, they host the Seahawks with an extra few days of rest. Could put the Seahawks at 0-2. Now, if the Rams are 
pushing for a playoff spot, a wild card at the end of the year. Maybe you want the Seahawks to win this game. I don't know, but. What's your legacy? Miami-Dade residents produce six pounds of trash daily. Much of that is plastic and will remain in our environment long after we're gone. Be part of the solution. Eliminate single-use plastic. More at miamidade.gov slash plasticfree305. Nonetheless, Lions are my number nine team. My number eight team, I already mentioned them once, the Cleveland Browns, 1-0. They punished the Bengals. Really legit defense. Team to keep your eye on. And I underestimated them. Guilty as charged. They're my number eight team. They travel to Pittsburgh. And another team, the Steelers, that could go 0-2. Their first loss was out of conference, so it's not quite the same. But still going 0-2 and losing to the Browns uh, would be... And that's not a good deal. They are at home. They need to win this game. I'm talking about the Steelers, of course, but uh, I'm probably going to pick the Browns in this one. My number seven team, the 0-1 Buffalo Bills. And they kind of gave that game away, in my opinion. They kind of had it where they had that game exactly where they wanted it against the Jets. They had the lead. They had the ball. Got a great quarterback good offense, just play smart football, and they failed to do so. Kind of let the Jets have a shot at them, and the Jets took advantage. Now the Bills are 0-1, hosting the Raiders. Uh, Bills will be okay, but tough loss to open the season. We'll find out how mentally tough they are real soon here. My number six team, the Miami Dolphins. They're 1-0 after just blitzing that Charger defense. Something to keep in mind about the Dolphins, though, they gave up a ton of yardage on the ground to the Chargers. And Bill Belichick, he's going to have some, he's going to figure out a way to slow this offense down. But man, this offense is crazy good. Uh, Patriots will try to shorten the game, run the ball like the Chargers did. And they'll, they'll, they'll figure out something to slow down this Dolphin offense a little bit. But I don't know if they have the manpower to get it done. But my Dolphins are my number six team, and I have a feeling they're on the rise here. My number five team, the 0-1 Kansas City Chiefs. And without Travis Kelsey, they looked a little lost on offense. He'll be coming back. Not sure if he's going to be ready this week, but he'll eventually be back, right? But the big question for the Chiefs, we're kind of spoiled by them, right? We just assume they're going to be... Throwing the ball all over the field, Patrick Mahomes, magic all day long. Maybe maybe it's not quite the same Chiefs see, uh, team that we've seen in years past. I'm talking about how good they are at you know, flipping the roster, especially at the skill positions, and just keep on rolling. Hey, maybe not this year. Maybe it's really a question of are they going to be pretty good? Are they going to be really good like they have in years past? Well, we'll find out soon enough. They travel to Jacksonville, and that's a team a lot of people putting uh, much higher than I am, so we may find out if they're right and I'm wrong, if the Jaguars can pull out a home win and be deserving of this top 10. Uh, We'll find out this week. And my number four team, the Baltimore Ravens, very quietly just cruising along with a really solid roster, great coaching, great quarterback. They lose their running back, though, J.K. Dobbins. They're 1-0, and they travel to Cincinnati for a really big Week 2 game, as big as it gets, really. 
especially for the Bengals. As I already mentioned, Bengals can't afford to lose this one, but Ravens are playing good football. Um, this will be uh, probably the game of the week as far as importance goes. We'll see how it plays out. My number three team, the Philadelphia Eagles, they're 1-0. They were number three last week, but two teams leapfrogged them. Two teams fell out of the top two. Two teams jumped over the Eagles into the top two. And they looked very pedestrian against the Patriots. But the Patriots tend to do that to teams. Their defense, they are so good figuring things out. And uh, the Eagles host the Vikings. Vikings are going to rue the day. They lost at home to the Bucks because could in all likelihood Vikings are going to 0-2. And Brian Flores, you know, um, I thought he was one of the biggest additions coaching-wise, league-wide. And so he'll have to figure something out for the Eagles. And if anyone can do it, I think Brian Flores or Bill Belichick, like last week, those are the two guys that you could that you would hope could get it done. My number two team, the Dallas Cowboys, 1-0, and it's all about their defense. They haven't really seen their offense have to do anything. They don't have to contribute anything. They didn't have to do much against the Giants. Giants just self-destructed, but it was really due to an incredible Cowboy defense. And uh, But that defense is so good. I pumped the Cowboys up to number two. Based on what we saw from the Eagles last week and the Cowboys as well, I think the Cowboys are the better team today and now, right this minute. And they host the Jets. And you're talking about two incredibly gifted defensive teams and two teams with question marks at quarterback, in my opinion, Zach Wilson versus Dak Prescott. Edge goes to Dak, but I'll be pulling for Zach Wilson. Remember, if you're a Rams fan, Always root for the AFC teams in these interconference games. Every loss that an AFC team can handle, hand an NFC team, uh, that that's a good day. So hopefully Zach Wilson gets it together. I, 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 I'm pulling for him. I kind of felt bad for him the way he lost his job there, and it was a really bad look. He's a young guy, and he's very talented physically. Maybe he can. Maybe this is his second chance. The second chance he really needed. Or is it his third chance? I'm not even sure. And my number one team, I hate to say it, but they deserve it. The San Francisco 49ers just pummeled the Steelers. Skilled players just getting it done. And Brock Purdy delivering the ball to open receivers on time, on schedule, with precision. And the defense, someone said it looked like they had 13 players out there against the Steelers. Maybe we need to do a player count before the snap. But they just rally to the ball. So much speed. So many gifted players at, at every level. And this is going to be a big test for the Rams offensive line. You know, Rams offensive line is significantly, is in a much better place right now than they were at any time last year. Heads and shoulders better. And that's what people lost, uh, people missed about the Rams. Um, the situation they had with their offensive line was really the biggest factor in their uh, collapse last year. And the Rams addressed it. I mean, they got people healthy, number one, and moved some guys around, drafted Steve Avila. Uh, the Rams' offensive line is in a pretty good place right now. But 
the defensive line and, and the, the 49er defense uh, as a whole, it's going to be a really big challenge for them. I don't know if the Rams are up to it, but I think the Rams are playing with house money in this game. If they can just play competitive football and have their young guys uh, make take a step up and, and keep this game interesting and get out of it one and one. I hate to say it, they come out of this game one and one. I still feel really good about where this team's at, but maybe we can pull off a win. We'll see. I'm transgressing into my 49er Ram preview, which I have not yet recorded. So I'm going to stop right now, not talking anymore about this 49er Ram game. But bottom line, 49ers, best team in the league right now. And I don't think you can really argue with that. I think it's pretty obvious. But will this will it stay that way? Remains to be seen. It's awfully early. There's some teams here that could really challenge them in the NFC and the AFC as well. So in summary, there you have my top 10 in the Browns and Lions, out the Steelers and Chargers, waiting in the wings, the Jets, Jags, and Packers. I'm probably overlooking someone. Maybe I'm underrating a couple teams here, overrating a couple, but that's my, my best wag at the top 10 teams in the NFL Going into week two, hey, maybe we'll see the Rams creep up in here in a few weeks. Never know. Don't count out my Los Angeles Rams, that's for sure, like a lot of people did before the season started. Out here from now from Rams up, we'll do this again next week. That's going to do it for this episode. Remember, you can reach us at ramsuppodcast at gmail.com. Visit our website at ramsup.com. And don't forget about our YouTube channel. Our handle is at laramsup.com. Till next time, keep the horns up, stay safe, and have fun out there. Music courtesy of the YouTube Audio Library. Tracks featuring Bar Crawl by Track Tribe. Buckeye Banzai by Vans in Japan, and Crimson Fly by Hamama. What's your legacy? Miami-Dade residents produce six pounds of trash daily. Much of that is plastic and will remain in our environment long after we're gone. Be part of the solution. Eliminate single-use plastic. More at miamidade.gov slash plastic-free 305.